Greetings, Elwood City Limits listeners. It's Will, and yes, we have a bit of a different episode this time around because Lucas is going to be away for the next couple of weeks. As I've explained in the last couple of podcasts, don't mean to inundate you with this information, but that means we're going to be having some guests on the show, and I will be getting to this episode with today's guest in just a little bit. I want to take care of a couple of things up top here before we get started. Of course, one of the things that I want to be able to do here is to thank our patrons. Patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits is where you can support us. Right now, we have a full two-parter available of our sister podcast, ECL Origins, all about mainframe entertainment, where we talk about Reboot and we talk about Beast Wars. Me and Lucas, we love both of those shows, and we have some fun discussions about them. So you can check those out. And coming up for patrons in the first week of October, Lucas and I are going to be talking about Angelina Ballerina on our other sister podcast, For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast. So you have that to look forward to. You also have officially uh, dozens of hours of, well, I think it's, we think we recently passed hundreds of hours of extra podcasts, videos, and more exclusive content you can only get by paying what you want and subscribing at patreon.com slash Limits, just like some of these fine people. want to say thank you to people like Christine Wong and Sierra S, to Nicholas DeMarco and Vinny Cataldo. Thank you to Jay Wags and Derek Richopo. Thank you to Americana Dream and RPG Fiend. And thank you, RPG Fiend, for boosting the ECL Discord server once again. Really appreciate you doing that. KDP and Mamata, thank you very much. Ryui and Nick Vuono, thank you. And thank you to Maisie Rose Sterling and to Iman Salehian. Thank you all. If you haven't heard your uh, name said in a while, I'm not leaving you out on purpose. Let me know. Send me a message on Discord or on Patreon, and I'd be happy to put your name in the next thank you roll. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break on reading emails for the next couple of weeks. If you do want to send them in, ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. I just prefer to do the emails while Lucas is here, and something tells me you prefer that as well. Really quick, um, I don't normally do this kind of correction corner thing here, but this is something that was pervasive in the episode where we talked about the Downton Abbey parody on Arthur, and I was saying left and right that a certain Dame Judy Dench was all over Downton Abbey. PBS is Downton Abbey. Uh, boy, was I wrong about that one, and thankfully, someone lovingly let me know about it, and I haven't been fielding e- angry emails left and right about it yet, but I was wrong. I was thinking of Dame Maggie Smith. That I believe that's the character that DW is playing in Fountain Abbey, and she is definitely the older British actress that I was thinking of who is on the real Downton Abbey, so I meant Maggie Smith. My apologies. We're going to get into the episode in just a minute. I will just take a minute to let you know what's coming up on the next ECL episode. Uh, Returning guest Rage is going to be with me for that one. And we're going to be talking about the episodes Two Minutes and Messy Dress Mess. So that'll be the next time on Elwood City Limits. And now it's time to take you to today's episode where I will be speaking with the members of the Wheel of Scoob podcast, Dr. Colton and Foxy. Here we go. Enjoy. Well, this is a very interesting situation. We always find ourselves 
uh, in interesting situations whenever Lucas is called away uh, to one part of the globe or another, or at least one part of the country, uh, one part of the continent. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, And this time, I thought that it would be fun to up the stakes a little bit, such as it is. Uh, I'm joined today by not one, not two, but three guests. And I'm pretty sure this is the most amount of guests I've ever had for one recording of Elwood City Limits. And what better guests could it be? I was recently on their podcast. In fact, I've been on their podcast twice. And I thought I wanted to bring them into the world of Arthur, just as they've whisked me away into the world of Scooby-Doo. It's the hosts of the Wheel of Scoob podcast, Dr. Colton and Dame Dr. Foxy Brown. Hey, everybody. It's great to be talking to you guys again. Oh, why did you decide to do this? This this is too much power (laughs) you give to us. I did I did warn I did warn our audience that well maybe warn is a little strong but I was like hey this one is going to be a little bit more like our Wheel of Scoob episodes because I think more people should be listening to Wheel of Scoob it's a really good podcast and a, and a fun project as well so I figured this was a good opportunity to do that so this is going to be a little bit different than an ECL podcast with a singular guest or with Lucas and hey if you like what you hear there is so much more of this available with myself and with other great guests, but we'll get into the plugs at the end of the episode. What I am very interested in here is that I think we're dealing with very differing experiences with Arthur, and I'm keen to get into this. So before we talk about the episode, I'd like to do singular introductions, and we'll start off with the recurring guest here. He's part of the official roster. That would be Doctor. So, Doc, it's great It's great to hear from you again, the podcast master. <laughs> the last time you were here uh, was, I want to say, maybe a year or two ago. I, you know, I really need to start looking this stuff up. But you've spoken about your experience with Arthur before. But for those who may be listening for the first time, where do you come into Arthur uh, as we are here in season 18? What's your experience with the show? I feel like I'm going to I feel like it's a problem because now I'm going to probably completely contradict myself if anyone goes to the old audio. But if I were to guess, I'd probably say I might have said that I had I would say a somewhat varied experience with Arthur. I, like, a majority of my watching through PBS as a whole only stretch for, like, certain things. I might have mentioned Ghost Rider at one point or another. I'm sure <laughs> I did, at least. Um, as far as, like, you know, it's things with, like, because that was, like, kind of like a whodunit with a weird little ball. Uh, uh, and, which makes sense because it eventually would lead to me to discovering other things in that realm of, like, whodunits and what have you. I like mystery stuff. Um, but Arthur was always like a, a show that was, I would catch it and I'll catch, you know, oh, if it's on, it's on. I might have been sick from school or something and it happened to be on and I just watch it. Uh, but that's about most of my experience with it. And you have, of course, been on Elwood City Limits before, and we're getting into a little bit of a new era of Arthur. So your reaction to this new look to the show is going to be one I'm, I'll be interested in hearing. Now, I'm going to go over to Colton now. Colton, it's great to welcome you to the show. Uh, before I ask, can you uh, give us a little bit of an idea about, I, I before the before the show, I was like, your internet fame, such as it is, or, or what have you, but like... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how how would you describe yourselves for people hearing you for the first time? Oh, boy, that's a tall order. Um, well, I would describe myself as a guy on the internet 
who talks mm-hmm. about things. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very interesting hook. Never seen that before. Um, <laughs> I would definitely describe myself as a podcaster TM. I just like doctor. I've been podcasting for way too long. Uh, Doctor has been podcasting for slightly longer than I have, but I've still been podcasting for a very long time at this point. Ten years, I think. Uh, and I, I basically podcast about kind of whatever I feel like. Basically, whatever hyperfixation comes near my way. Uh, I started off podcasting about a little show called Gintama, uh, specifically about the manga. I'm a big anime and manga fan, just like, you know, Doctor and Foxy are as well. Uh, and then we eventually, you know, from me starting to do my own stuff, we all just kind of started doing stuff together and now we're basically the main hosts of the ass backwards that podcast uh which is basically where a lot of our shows kind of like stem from and um yeah that's really that's really kind of about it like the, the long and short of it honestly and what's your experience with arthur been in your life you know that's a that's a it's an interesting question because arthur is definitely one of those things that i remember watching as a kid i don't really remember how frequently i watched it but i, I definitely I feel like there was a point in my life, like as a kid, specifically, like when I went when I was going to elementary school, like I I I do remember for a while, like catching a lot of the PBS lineup, whatever that may have been, like after school, whenever I would get home, either that or Toonami, one of the two. Um, And Arthur was definitely something that like if I caught it, I would watch it. And I definitely had a lot of fun watching it as a kid. I want to say probably when i got into middle school i was watching it less obviously as i grew older and then i think when i got into high school i i pretty sure i stopped watching it around then so uh, not to get into too much but co- coming back into the show and watching it for you know this podcast today was definitely an interesting experience um i i definitely see arthur as one of those things where it's like it's an animated show that's been running for a very long time it has and, and maybe you could talk more on, more on this, Will. But like, I feel like Arthur probably has like a, I don't know what you would call it, like a like a set like golden era almost. And then maybe the, maybe the fandom thinks like the rest of it's bad or something. I don't know. I just kind of I just kind of uh, it feels like that's probably the case as it is with like a lot of other long running cartoons, you know. Um, so I don't know. It was it was just really it was really interesting coming back to it after so long because i i don't think i had watched this in like probably easily a decade so yeah this was definitely really interesting to come back well as you say colton with a lot of long running especially animated shows there are the periods that people uh hold up in the highest regard yes and then there are the more controversial ones we find ourselves in a bit of a controversial one here because okay well uh, i i'd like to get into that after we talk to our final guest Foxy. So, Foxy, as with Colson, uh, um, who are you and what are you doing here? <laughs> I feel like there's a, there's a lot of pressure to live up to everything that was said. Um, I have no internet notoriety. I am mostly the person whose bedroom um, the Ass Backwards Anime podcast was founded in. Yes. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know years this. Ago. Pretty much, yeah. So, I, I, did, I, I, I feel like I almost set up uh, Will to Fail here. By not saying that Col- uh, that Foxy has been essentially the second host of our entire projects, everything we have done so far, with the exception of like one show that she has no interest yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, which is a, our, our Detective Conan podcast. But yeah, Foxy has been there since the beginning. So it's it's been us two pretty much. With uh, we have a we had a third, um, and obviously you know it's the problem with life. It's just uh, we have to move on at points, and it's just Colton found a way to sneak in into our lives and somehow somehow, and then that's kind of where we're at now. But Foxy's been here for forever. I like this. I, I like I'm I'm very engaged right now. I'm like I'm finding out about the secret history. And by secret history I mean I never asked because I'm weird <laughs> and awkward. You're you're finding out a lot of lore this episode. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um Foxy, your viewpoint is one that I'll be very interested in throughout this episode because you've never seen Arthur before. Okay, so more lore, I am actually old. Um <laughs> Not, like, ancient, but old enough to where I think I, this, this not only would have missed me, but also would have missed, like, my younger, my youngest sibling. Oh. So there was, like, and he's the youngest of all of my cousins um, on one side. So that basically meant that there was no real reason to see Arthur. Mm. Um, and PBS kind of was not a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. I knew of it as I got older and like I saw people by the time I knew what it was, I think I was too old to care. I see. Okay. Like the and and, and I'm I'm not being I'm not being facetious when I say like your your viewpoint on this is like I've ne- we've never had anybody on the show who is truly coming at this for the first time. And it's I think we almost take it for granted of like, well of course everybody knows what Arthur is, but no, not necessarily. And I'm this and so I was I was getting excited when I saw you tweet the other day about something about this episode and I'm just like, "Oh, I can't wait to find out <laughs> what you think about the various things and just like seeing the show with new eyes." So, I'm very very happy to have all three of you here and to talk about an episode that I think in one sense it's a good beginner episode. But in another in another sense, I'm, there's, I, I imagine there's going to be a bit of explaining I'll have to do. So if at any point throughout this you, you're wondering about any sort of reference or if there's literally just I don't know who this character is, I would be happy. To, I would be happy to fill you in. But this is this is why I think it's fun to reach outside of our our universe every now and again is to find is to find new new ways into Arthur. And that's. That's why, that's one of the reasons why I started podcasting was to find community and that's what I'm hoping to do here and what's another way to say community family well okay maybe maybe that's a little strong for what we've got going on here like hey I like you guys but like you know I'll I'll have to actually get to know you a little bit better before we start using the f word family <laughs> around each other if that's okay no, that's fair that's know. fair I, that's fine I that's fair. I, I sometimes yeah. use the f word way too much so today, the episodes that we're talking about, uh, it's in the middle of season 18, and this would be around, I think we determined this was 20, 2013 to 2014. So, Doc, the last time you were on the show, we were still in traditional animation. By now, we have moved into what I, what we are colloquially calling flash animation. It's not exactly that. It's a bit more complicated than that, but it is essentially what this type of animation is referred to. Um, as 
as someone and and Colton, I would be interested if you have any thoughts on this as well. Moving from the traditional Arthur animation, a lot of the memes that you see are in that uh, more traditionalized animation. Of course, yeah. this show started in the '90s. It had the cell animation. Then it moved on to animation uh, that was digitally assisted by computers. Now this is completely done through computer programs. Um, this is something that we end up asking a lot of our guests who are coming into this era of Arthur. What do you think of the look of the show? I feel like if you had shown this to me, like, maybe five years ago or something, like, I, I would have said, like, oh, this this looks terrible. I don't want to watch this. But hmm. I, I don't know. It's, it, it is a little jarring to kind of go from, again, the, the more traditionally animated Arthur episodes, you know, the ones from the 90s and so on. Because, again, for... For, for for as long as I've been away from Arthur, that, that's, like, the era that I am the most comfortable with, I guess. And, like, I, I, I kind of knew that, like, the show looked like this already. Like, I had seen, like, clips here and there, you know. So I, I, I kind of knew about this going in, but, like, actually watching a full episode in this style. Like, you know, I, I don't think it's bad. Like, I think it's clearly, like, a, oh... We need like a cheaper way to produce the show, probably is what I'm guessing. I don't know. The the thing that like really impressed me, and I don't know if like you've already talked about this on the show in a past episode or not. I genuinely couldn't tell because like basically the opening, you know, the opening that you know us Arthur fans know and love with the theme song and everything. That I'm I, like I'm I'm glad that they didn't change that because I I think that would actually be a crime if they did. It's already perfect. Don't change a thing. Um, it, it's, it's seriously, like, probably one of my favorite, like, cartoon openings ever. Like, the song is catchy as hell. Um, but I'm, I'm really, I'm really surprised at, like, because I genuinely can't tell if it's, like, a recreation of the original opening, or if it's, like, the opening, but it was somehow, like, preserved in HD and in widescreen. Like, it's actually really hard for me to tell, like, which is which. Yeah, it's this, it is essentially they redrew the original opening, but they also put it into a new aspect ratio. So there are elements of it like it's there are parts of the image that you ne- were never able to see in the original opening, but then they had to like completely animate it. So there's one of the one of the noticeable parts for me at least is in the part in the opening where Arthur and Mom are in the photo and they give each other a hug. Now in this you can see baby Kate. Yeah. Whereas in the sta- in the like standard 4x3 version she was completely out of frame. So they had to just basically animate her from scratch. But the rest of it is exactly how it looked in the original opening, but it just like recolored so it looks brighter and it moves more accordingly with the house style. Okay. Like so, like seriously, this looks so good that I genuinely thought they like preserved it. Like again, I'm 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 going to talk about other long-running animated things cuz again with stuff like you know, the Simpsons, Family Guy, Spongebob, you know, those kinds of things. Like, eventually, they do the same thing where it's like, oh, we're going to recreate the opening in, like, newer animation or whatever to kind of update the look of it. Those usually always look worse somehow than their original opening because, like, especially with, like, the Simpsons and Family Guy, like, the like the, the newer HD version of their uh, of their older openings like the like the animation always looks so like stilted and lifeless somehow like it just doesn't look I don't think it looks that good personally it just it just feels wrong whereas like I I had like no issue with this I was like wow like the, like the attention the detail and the way they 
went out of their way to recreate the old opening for this is honestly amazing. And Foxy, as somebody who... And and let me ask, was this specifically the first Arthur episode in full you've ever watched ever? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you you some leeway here if I want you to be honest. And it's okay if that means that it's more on the negative side. Literally, I, like, plunked this episode down in front of you, like, essentially, and just like, all right, watch this, and then we'll talk about it. What upon seeing it, the seeing the way it looked, the way it moved, what was your first impression? I don't know. I don't think I had any expectations um, for how the episode looked. I don't know, like outs- outside of seeing stills before, obviously, maybe um, I think I saw a short clip from the finale episode where it's showing everybody grown up. I don't know. I don't know why I was invested in that. I had no idea who anybody was. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I don't feel I guess because it's a kids show, I have extremely lowered expectations. Mm-hmm. Um I think it cleared those. I think it looked fine. Yeah, I'll go with that. It look it looked fine. Okay. But, hey, I'll take fine. We like Lucas and I had to go through our basically our own arc of getting used to this style and now now we're in a place where we're cool with it. But we were uh had our backs against the wall about it for a long time. So we've come to a place of understanding and I always appreciate, like I say, seeing this through new eyes. So the first story we're talking about here is called Whip Mix Blend. This is in the middle of season eighteen. And Arthur's talking about families, and literally the first lines of this episode, perfect introduction for anyone who's not familiar with Arthur, because Arthur literally names the members of his family. And I, I basically knew him and DW, and that's it. Those are the only two characters you were familiar with? Yes. <laughs> Arthur's talking about families here, and he mentions how in the animal kingdom... Families can be different. And before we continue, does did this provoke any discrepancies in you? Like did you did you did you did was this like a hang on a second sort of thing for you? Because there's a very particular part of Arthur that we've been dealing with for the past seven years, and I wondered if this was the part that opened it up for you. I would I would probably lend into this sort of like, are they trying to imply like a slightly more progressive ideas as f- what family is, hmm. and I think that was like I think that was the moment like oh okay I could sure hey look at that this is like their way of kind of like sort of saying kind of different things where like hey what if a family can be two dads and one mom which is like mm-hmm. cool very non traditional. I think the the idea of like, hey, it's okay that a families are not necessarily always going to look the same. Um, even like if for like a family of like just uh, I think what was it, the elephant family was like uh, having all the all the women kind of take care of the baby. Which I mean, you can you can it, that that can be written anyway or not. Uh, I guess viewed anyway. But um, but the idea is like you know like you don't have to have a man in the family is another way of looking at that. You can read it that way. Mm-hmm. And um, but it, it it's and then for 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 him to pose the question to the audience of like hey what does your family look like kind of is kind of like kind of nice is sort of like a hey look you know everyone has traditional non traditional however you want to call it families and I think that's kind of cool just the 
that the a kids show is kind of trying to say like you know all these are all valid yeah yeah i really like that about the episode too honestly see this is this is the analysis that i should have trusted you guys with because you've been podcasters for so long you are so used to taking something and taking it seriously and interacting with it seriously and coming away with very interesting and profound thoughts. What I was interested in is, is if you saw this and were like, wait, how come those animals can't talk? <laughs> I was, I was, wa- I was waiting for it. I was like, somebody's going to be like, uh, yeah. Okay. Question before we go on. How come those animals can't talk, but then Arthur can. And I was like, well, I was going to break it up. Knuckles. With, here was, we go. I was going to bring it up with the raccoon and later in the episode, but I was like, I was waiting for you to get to it. Uh, look, look, Will, I I think I, I I think from a very young age we're all familiar with the with the goofy and Pluto conundrum, so like I didn't well, even really I, I didn't even bat an eye at fair. this, honestly. Yeah. Hmm. They they are called funny animals. That's the thing, Colton. So like <laughs> Pluto is still a dog. As far as this is concerned, Pluto is the dog, but Goofy is a funny animal. There's yeah. a difference. I I honestly just assumed Arthur was talking about animals in our world, and that's why they don't talk. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> With this, this is something that we've been dealing with. Like it, it took us, it took Lucas and I about like an in podcast year of like discussions about what we refer to as the animal hierarchy in Arthur before we got to the the term funny animals, and then that <laughs> spun off a discussion even further from there. So, but again, you guys are very used to speaking about animation and cartoons. I sh- I should have figured that you're like, oh yeah, and animals like, you, yeah. You, I'm I'm just always at any time I'm ready to be like somebody to be like, hey, how come those animals can talk? And I was like, well, we've been. <laughs> let me talk about. I, I, let me bring seven years of experience. I, I think I was just like, oh, unfortunately, we have a lot of good media, media literacy in this podcast, so. It's like, oh yeah, we forgot. We we should also read into the silliness of it all. Of it's like, oh yeah, why why do animals talk? I don't know. Uh, yeah, some some so, things we just kind of yeah. accept, honestly. Now, okay, so this episode is actually not concerning any of. It's not concerning Arthur, which, again, this is this has become par for the course. Is that Arthur may usually does the cold open, which is the segment before the title card, and then. It could be about anybody from there. In fact, this episode doesn't involve Arthur at all. Um, so if that was a surprise, apologies. Like, if, if if Arthur brought you to the party and then he left and you're just like, who are these people? I don't know anybody. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I, I didn't get to the fireworks factory. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, yeah. I, sorry, I actually I actually do want to ask something because, I again, I've been away from Arthur for a very long time. So yeah. it, it was a really nice surprise to see that, like, because you know, because this episode, this story in particular, is focused on like rattles and basically Binky and his posse or whatever. That like I do remember being characters from mm-hmm. from the few times I did watch the show, but I guess I just I wasn't expecting a whole story about them or at least one of their friends or whatever like do, do the do these characters have stories very often? I'm assuming not. so. For the beginning of the show. Not really. Binky, Binky, who wears the orange shirt, and I will, uh, Foxy, I will make sure to describe them in appearance, just so that we can we can keep it keep it straight. Uh, I like I'm not so, just like you know who Binky is, you know who Rattles is, you know who Slink is. I'm like okay, I'm not going to assume you know the anybody's right? 
for it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I had a follow up question as to whether their names were themed, but Slink threw it off completely. <laughs> so I'll put that question to myself. What was what was the theme? What did, what did you think was the theme? Um, Baby Rattle. Um, uh, what was the name of the other uh, one? Binky. Oh, oh my God! So Rattles Binky. 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 Yeah. And then, but then there's Molly and Slink. So mm. yeah, I don't. It it just. I don't Slinky? know. I do. Do babies slink? <laughs> I feel like I feel like there are some babies that are a bit slinky. Well, I mean, every, every, I mean, everybody loves a slinky, so maybe the babies do too. So I guess it would make sense. True, truly, truly, the greatest question that any human being is asked: Do babies slink? <laughs> I never put together the Binky and Rattles thing before. This is this is the type of this is the type of observations that you only get from people who aren't consuming Arthur every single week. This is great. Um, so yeah, uh, Colton, to your question, the the these this group is called the Tough Customers. They were they were around. Love it. Since, Honestly, that's great. Yeah, that's no, a perfect gang name. It rocks, actually. So they have been around in some form or another since the first season. Binky is a main character on the show. The other three, so Rattles has been seen since season one, as has Molly, mm-hmm. uh, who is who is the girl with the hair over her eyes, and then Slink was around. He had a he had an episode in season two, and then he was slowly made into a background character in this gang. Actually, fun fact: Slink's voice actor is the original voice actor for Arthur. Oh wow! Like from okay. way back in 1996. Uh, it's it's kind of like a hair Arnold thing. But what it what it what what do you mean? I, I don't know if I I don't know if I get that. Oh yeah, in uh, Nickelodeon's Hey Arnold, um, the original voice of Arnold, um, obviously they were all were kids. Um, yes, Arnold grew up after a while um, and uh, was eventually replaced by a new char- by a new actor. Um, but the original actor would come back as like the bully character. Um, at what point? Uh, I forget. I forget the name of the character, unfortunately. But was it, it was was it Harold? Not Harold. He's like a he's like a yeah, like a older grade bully character. Oh, okay. Um, and then eventually I think there was another episode where um the uh, they they replaced the I think it may have been the movie or something. They replaced the uh the actor the, uh, the actor for Arnold again and then that previous actor became a different bully. Wow. <laughs> That's great. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Um yeah, so they are essentially meant to be bully characters. Now as the show has gone along and we've kind of had episode after episode after episode with every single main character and then some in the past few seasons, I would say from you know season 18 to uh, like the double digit seasons for sure. We started to use these characters a bit more and flesh them out. And Lucas and I usually find like they are some of the most fun characters in the show. Like we we love Binky. Binky is maybe the show's favorite character next to DW. Okay. But like R- Rattles, we love Rattles. Love Molly. Uh, Slink doesn't have too much of a character. He's kind of he's kind of more of a toady. But uh, Rattles and Molly, like we we love them. So I was really excited for this specific episode because it's all about rattles um and the whip mix and blend has to do with rattles's family because we find out this speaking of lore i'm learning about the ass backwards anime podcast network and now we're learning deep lore about rattles here because we find out that he is in a single parent household and his mom has started dating a guy named archie vanderloo now there's a few characters here that i'm going to assume are one-offs or like 
they're not going to stick around. Like a lot of characters who show up at this point in Arthur very rarely become regulars or they have like one appearance and then like make a couple of cameos. None of them stick as well as except for like a scant few as the main cast has. So, you know, if if you're like, hey, uh, can you have me on for the next uh, uh, Ansel and Angie episode or whatever their name is? I don't know if that's going to (laughs) happen. Oh, wow. Archie Vanderloo is this guy's name. He is Rattles thinks he's cool. Like Rattles, it's it's funny. One of my favorite episodes of the first season is is the one that introduces Rattles and he starts off as like he's got this hilarious voice. I mean, it's it's one of the favorite my favorite episodes of the podcast because it's just me and Lucas like l- killing ourselves laughing because they make him it's like a 1996 version of a bully, and he's it's the same design here. So he's got the backwards baseball cap, the leather jacket, the jeans, but he's he has this. He sounds like he's 25 because he's just like because he'll have lines like the rabbit stays, and it's like it's as deep as my voice. They're like, let's split, recess is over. And what? One of my favorite my favorite line from the from that episode. I just love to bring this up whenever I whenever I can. It's the name of our episode because he Arthur is trying to sort of pledge his way into the tough customers and he makes it out to seem like he got into a confrontation with the principal and Rattles says, you old con artist, I bet you had him going in circles and he like punches the air. (laughs) So flash, flash forward 18 seasons and here's the Rattles we have today and he's this relatively genteel, like good good mama's boy who is also protesting a chicken restaurant. <laughs> yes. I, I I thought that part at the end was like, a, wait, are these, what's going on? <laughs> and then when you, when you mentioned they were bull, they were supposed to be like the bully characters, like, oh, yeah, I guess they were, but also God, are these, these kids seem like kind of just pretty well together. They're not really doing much. They seem like just regular kids. There was a semi-recent episode in our in our timeline where instead of the tough customers, they became the tough consumers, oh, and okay. their new thing is like be like Rattles even has a line here where the tough customers are planning to protest a restaurant called Sticky Chicken, and Rattles can't go because he has to spend the weekend with Archie Vanderloo and his two kids. And Rattles says, "Believe me, there's nothing I'd rather do than dress up as poultry and publicly shame a corporate juggernaut." And it's like. <laughs> That's just kind of where they are right now. They're not really bullies anymore. They're kind of little socialists. Yeah, yeah. Instead of instead of bullying grade schoolers, they're going to bully corporations. Like I, I can get into that. That's that's the kind of arc I want to see. Oh, I can't. I, I can only imagine their tweets. <laughs> <sighs> now that's you know maybe when the podcast is over, like that'll be you'll know that I'm still around when I like set up a blue sky account, and it's like. The tough customers central or something. Just like, <laughs> gonna be, gonna BR, be going, BRB going to take down capitalism or whatever. Going to be going all around the world, uh, publicly protesting against every kind of corporation you can, mm-hmm. in a chicken costume. Constantly getting canceled for having just a a decent car. Like guys, <laughs> this, fortunately that's okay. An iPhone. An iPhone. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, this is how the world works. Sometimes you can't really do much. You can only do some. You know, hey, what are you gonna do? And they're, like, only eight or nine years old, so, like, their brains aren't developed enough to, like, understand gray areas. So, like, 
woe betide the day that the tough customers get Tumblr. Like, <laughs> they're going to have some serious feelings about fandom and ships. <laughs> God. They will be the newest inductees into the skeleton war. And they're and they're gonna get called like woke online for doing like for like for like the base level of activism or something. I don't know. Yes, I can't wait to until one of them gets ratioed. Or they're gonna ratio <laughs> somebody, I should say. There's gonna be we're gonna get pretty close to like modern day when we get to the end of Arthur. I'm pretty sure it managed to avoid woke but like if it had had a season or two more there might have been an episode where like mr ratburn gets woke or something like i mean there's always that risk i mean to be fair you, you that the entire like animal family thing you can be considered woke in unfortunately today's era today's nowadays i guess if anything because it just seems like i like oh well that's actually kind of nice and slightly progressive if you actually really think about it but yeah it and obviously this is like a in a, like a story about, hey, here is my mom possibly marrying into uh, another with another family, and so now you have to deal with your step siblings or soon to be step siblings, essentially. Mm-hmm. So let's let's take stock of this family here because we are we are at the same point here. I've never met these people before. I'm meeting them for the first time, and I'm talking about Archie Vanderloo and his twins, Angie and Ansel. So. Rattles likes Archie. He seems to be a world traveler, brings him back some souvenirs, but he's like, he's a little too well-traveled, a little too cultured. Like, Rattles talks about how he cooks these complicated dinners, including Eiffel Towers made of mashed yams. Yeah, see, I'm I'm conflicted, right? Because I do think that is a little extra, but also, I would eat an Eiffel Tower made out of yams. I'd do it at least once. I feel like at a certain point I would have I mean I I'm trying to think of it from the perspective of a child who kind of is kind of used to just general like basic stuff like hey a meatloaf ch- I mean I'm Hispanic so chicken and rice and beans and stuff like that chicken nuggets uh, mac and cheese I don't mac know mac and cheese hell a pizza mm-hmm. <laughs> something pretty simple burgers nothing crazy like you're you're giving me like shaped uh, di- like themed dinners. At a certain point, I'm like, dude, relax. <laughs> you guys are in the states. Do you guys have zappums over there? I don't know what that is. I beat either. What? What are those? <laughs> they're they're basically TV dinners. Um, mm. you know, like oh, okay, um, okay, yeah. It's they're basically made for little kids because they're like little little fries and little nuggets or like pizza shaped pasta and that was the first thing that came to mind when you were like a typical child cuisine it's like oh what's the kid kid cuisine i, think I, that I was, was gonna say you're, you're unlocking yeah. the memory in me because now i'm now i'm thinking about kid cuisine again and i have not thought about kid cuisine in probably 15 years so see i've always been pretty fat so i think my mom just upgraded me to swanson's eventually and it's just <laughs> like yeah that'll that'll feed him i think i probably overstepped kid cuisine quite quickly that's mm. good because you know, i can never get that brownie right Oh, oh God, no! Yeah. And, and there's there's always corn in it. <laughs> yes, there. God, I oh, sorry. I'm I'm just having all kinds of kid cuisine memories now. Thanks, because so because you're so right. kid cuisine is always, kid cuisine isn't a Canada thing. God. <laughs> okay, so can you just quickly explain kid cuisine? Like I'm I'm Canadian. I don't think we had those. 
Um, oh, I mean, it's it's pretty much like, like I literally quit, did a quick Google of Zappums. It's essentially as it as it as it is. It's just a okay. It's a TV dinner type thing with whether it's like a. I think they have like chicken nuggets and corn, sometimes with mac and cheese. I think I've seen like, like those are the ones I usually see as kid cuisines. But I and then again, like it's one of those things where nowadays, like I pass that completely and I like, turn a blind eye on those when I pass by like a the frozen food section. So I don't even notice it anymore. Um, how many how many kid cuisines do you think it would take to like fill you today as an adult? Um, Two probably. Like, like, yeah, like two, but honestly, even after one, I'd be like, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> the problem with most of these TV dinner type things is that, like, even if you were like, oh, this is kind of a decent pasta thing where it's like, okay, like a chicken parm sort of mac and cheese thing, which that, that sounds terrible. Oh. Um, but <laughs> I don't trust kid cuisine chicken parm. No, I'm not going to no, even put I'm that out saying, there. No. I'm just saying in general, like, most of the, like, uh, uh, frozen food uh, microwavable kind of meals never really end up going well even if you want to try like you know i have like the uh, lean cuisine uh to have <laughs> like a hey this is healthier <laughs> but maybe not by much foxy kid cuisines how, how many do you think <laughs> um zero because <laughs> as soon as it came out of the microwave i would change my mind <laughs> It honestly that that's fair. Like, that's fair. It, like I think yeah. frozen foods for us was all like separate like only one part of your meal was frozen. Okay. Um like if you bought a bag of chicken nuggets or whatever or um the bagel bites or pizza rolls or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um never a whole meal. Um usually you like cook so- it. Yeah. Like you cook, even if you can barely cook, mm-hmm. um, was sort of my experience growing up. And I, I, knowing my parents, they would think this was a waste of money. <laughs> right. So you would have, like, you would have part of the entree from the freezer, but then you'd add to it with like vegetables or like, uh, like a fresher carb or something like that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No, that's hey, that's good. And like, should have done that myself hey, fifteen same. years yeah, ago. Yeah. Too late for that now, but like, I will. I'll try to go back in time and tell myself, make some real vegetables with the with the Swanson Hungry Man. Like the beer battered chicken. Why don't you make some frozen broccoli with that? The twins here, Angie and Ansel. I want to. I want to just remind you and those listening, everybody listening, that adults wrote this show. Uh (laughs) So when. Rattles has trouble connecting with these two twins, and they have different personalities. Angie is really into. I wish I, I'm one day I'm going to find an audio way to represent quote marks <laughs> slang. Uh-huh. She's into slang. Yeah, that's her personality. It looks like, but it, but it, but is it like so? I I I only ask that Colton because. These words have only been said by somebody who is paid to say them. For example, this sentence that she says, and I quote, Rattles, Frizzman, you're so Nova. Do you mush kitty pow pow? Aren't they dwell? You know, I I didn't really know what to think of this section, honestly. I was kind of flabbergasted. I was like, yeah. what, what, am I, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I kind of did the equivalent I, of passing by Kit Cuisine and just white it out <laughs> whenever she spoke. <laughs> I I think this is um this is the inverse of uh, Peanuts, where mm-hmm. when the adults speak, they just hear the trombone. <laughs> like this, this is clearly like adults representing that they have no idea what the kids' slang sounds like. It just sounds like garbage words to them. It sounds like. You're making noises that are almost words that I recognize, <laughs> but when I listen closely, it's just nonsense. I I think that's what they were going for here. Yeah. Um. I feel like I have seen another show that that, that did something like this, but I can't remember what it is to reference it properly. Well, we've got some more slang coming up in a little bit, but I'm just I'm still like I got a tear rolling down my cheek because I'm thinking first of all rev- the reverse peanuts of describing children speak that you can't understand i'm gonna remember that but that also makes me think of what a trombone sounds like in reverse and that's even funnier (laughs) actually no i don't like that i'm gonna try that on my own time not (laughs) where people can hear me i want to i want to i want to give the writers this i do like that i do like that you know only like some people in this world speak this way but like when 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 the rest of the tough customers like try to stalk people in the ball and like try to write down and make up their own slang dictionary, I I like I like that they're just as confused as the audience watching this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I I I I I like I could relate to the tough I, I could relate to Binky being like I don't I don't know I guess I'll write it down. Sure, like I don't know. It means something. I think something. I, also, I will say, Simonize my sideburns. That was the one that got the biggest laugh out of me. The As the tough customers are training Rattles to handle both Ansel and Angie, we'll get into Ansel in a second, but yeah, there is more slang here, and I feel, since we're on the slang train here, uh, yeah, there, there, it's very, you know, it's kind of like the problem of when you watch old sci-fi, like, let's say Alien, for example, and it's like, in the 1970s, everybody just assumed we'd have VHS players until... We were dead. Because how could you, as somebody in the 1970s, imagine what a DVD player is? Like, what a Blu-ray is? Like, uh, oh, yeah. thumb drives. Any of that stuff. Like, you can't be expected to, to know that stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. If, if you watch Zoolander. <laughs> um, but, it's, and so in this case, it's like, well, this is obviously no human that wasn't paid to say this has said this and meant it. Uh, but I, I have to give them some leeway here of, like, you kind of just gotta, you gotta throw something and see and see if it works. And you know, every once in a while, we get things that kind of sound like they could be used. Like none of this stuff really has ever been spoken aloud. But you know, people using exclamations like "fearsome" or "gigabad" or "tetrabad" or "melty," like those kind of sound like something you could say. I guess yeah, "gigabad" to "tetrabad" makes sense to some degree. Yeah. But we're also not getting kids on TikTok saying, peep my sabbats, gup. <laughs> no, that, that's when I would probably delete the app or something. Or find ways to delete the app <laughs> from, the, from the internet. Because I think at that point we've gone too far. You know, you brought up TikTok. I, I was thinking that, like, a lot of the slang said in this episode does sound like the kind of stuff that, like, these people on TikTok... I, 
is there a word for the kind of TikToks that are going around right now where it's like them doing like I don't know N- NPC commands or something where they just oh, where they just kind of yeah. they just kind of say nonsense or I yes. honestly I have no idea I have no idea what you call I, those. Uh, ice cream so good yes 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 yeah, yeah, that, yeah that that's yeah. stuff that's that's <laughs> the, that's the stuff that's the stuff that like makes me feel old yeah peep my peep my sabbats gup uh, by the way sabbats are French for clogs. Oh, so okay. thank you, Arthur Wiki, for letting me know about that. And and Colton, the, the line you mentioned of somebody getting a gutter ball in bowling, Simonize my sideburns, now I'm smelted. <laughs> that sounds like you're more committing to a bit. Like, that doesn't sound like teen slang. That's like the friend of yours growing up who's like, I'm going to talk like a 1920s gangster all the time. And you're like, okay, well, <laughs> all right. This is annoying. Yeah, 1920s gangster, old prospector, like, oh, Simonize my sideburns, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's who that is. (laughs) I I think, like, that's definitely the the prospector in a (laughs) Scooby-Doo episode from 1971. Yes, absolutely. Now, you guys haven't gone through the whole Scooby-Doo-vra yet. Not yet. But, um... How many like what's the, what's the prospector to no prospector ratio like how how much are we, how many prospectors mm, are we talking here I think That's we've like, only done I one I think we I think we've definitely had less than five yeah which is surprising and, for twenty plus episodes I think yeah you you were on our uh, one of our first WWE Scooby Doo crossover movies and I believe that mm-hmm. was the one that actually has a prospector type character uh, in there uh, but was there. I, sort of. He was just like a, a woodsman. He was basically like the like a red herring for like, oh, you shouldn't oh, be in this yeah. WWE. This WWE city. This Vince McMahon is 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 ruining this country, and which is right. But uh, <laughs> which yeah, definitely true. <laughs> um, uh, okay, yeah, no, that sounds familiar now. Yeah, as, yeah, far, yeah but, as far as the movies go, like yeah, I think we had like one. I'm sure there's like a ton of prospectors and like the shows and everything, but that's not what we're covering. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> that sounded like a threat to me. Oh, please, please, Foxy, please don't make promises on another podcast that people can actually listen oh, to. That's definitely <laughs> <laughs> the entire existence of Wheel of Scoob is an existential threat to me. So, <laughs> I've never heard a better way to sell that show. There's one note I wanted to make here because we have something of a one-off character here. Uh, Rattles' his mom. And every once in a while, I like to make note of a voice actor, and I figured this would be a good time to do that, because I'm sure you guys are very uh, up on voice actors, as as I am, or at least as I try to be. So Rattles' mom, who we've seen a few scenes here and has a couple of lines, is played by an actor named, and I'm, I apologize for the pronunciation here, Anik Obansawin? Mm-hmm. And a couple of notable things here. So for first of all, for any PBS fans listening, she's the voice of Inez on Cyber Chase. Okay, okay. All right. For any total drama heads, oh, she's wow. the voice of Sierra. Hmm. From from which season? I just, I, I just know the total drama is very popular among a subset of people, and I think some of them listen to our show. I think one is Colton. <laughs> I Look, I've seen my share of total drama. I, I'm not sure if I know that character, though. Okay. And now, the one that I thought was the most uh, relevant here... In the dub for the Knights of the Zodiac, oh, she was oh Makoto. Okay. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Which character? Uh, Makoto or Makoto? Hmm. Oh, that's my, like from, my, from, from the old Knights of the Zodiac. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, Knight, Knights of the Zodiac is is a franchise that like Doc and I like just got into a couple years ago. Like, so okay, we we are not very familiar with like that old dub, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> like if, gotcha. for, and for those for the sake of clarity, it's also known as Saint. Primarily knows as known as Saint Seiya. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. It's. I, I just wanted to mention that because I remember watching like the brief time that it aired on Canadian television. The old the the dub of the what was called Knights of the Zodiac. You're right, Saint Seiya. So that my memory of it is 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 poor, but uh, I think you guys probably know at least a little bit more about it than I do. Anyway, uh, I think I think she does a good job here. I just wanted to note that here for fans of those respective franchises. Really quickly before I forget to talk about him, the other twin whose name is Ansel is very energetic and very competitive, but in a positive way. So he's always kind of up and doing things. And like, so he's like doing arm wrestling with rattles. He's playing ping pong and he's very competitive, but he's always very encouraging, which I like, I'm, I'm, I'm into that. Like not into that, but like I appreciate people who can be competitive without being babies about it yeah, like that's jerks. that's a huge like i i just despise that trait in people who are competitive and sore losers yeah no that's that's fair I, i'm not into that either i do kind of wonder though because like th- there's a point and I, I i hate to skip like all the way to the end but there, there is a point later on where like uh rattles does kind of like sort of make up with the twins and kind of like you know tells them like hey we kind of have to like get along with each other and kind of like come to a compromise on some things and yeah, and rattles being like, well, or what was it? Uh, Ansel being like, no, you're actually pretty good, and no, and, and rattles is like, no, I, I, I literally failed like every round we did, and <laughs> Ansel was like, yeah, oh yeah, you were actually kind of terrible, like, like I, I almost kind of <laughs> wonder, I don't know if it's really the same thing, but I feel like that's the kind of thing that could like, maybe sort of inch its way towards like a like a toxic positivity, like, you know, it, to t- telling somebody like encouraging somebody when like they're just absolutely bad and maybe they should like i don't know take a break and maybe reassess you're you're right that's that is where we're we're getting we're getting to here in this weekend that rattles is spending with the vanderloos the tough customers are helping to train him to get him ready for this level of energy um so they use various methods so molly uh basically puts him in a room with her little brother who is named his whose name is James and he's very calm but then puts him with DW and some of the show's other very rambunctious kids to get him ready for this. They also give him a emergency energy concoction made of wheatgrass, kale and spirulina, which we see later as as you mentioned earlier doctor there's a raccoon that ends up drinking it and it seems quite effective. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have never guessed that the that these could have given you that kind of energy that the the raccoon drinks it after Rattles drops it and he runs up a tree with a smoke trail and then starts pointing like a dog. <laughs> and 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 that was that was that that was the thing doc that gave you the the animal hierarchy um that made that made that kind of light flash in your head. Sort of. I because at a certain point I wonder like I I forget uh, at what what level of animals are there in this world? So I was like, I guess, are there no raccoon people? I don't think so. It's there's there's such arbitrary lines as to which animals become people. It's not like BoJack Horseman, where it's like you have the most ridiculous animals that also walk on two legs and are humanoid. So there are some animals that are definitely have never been, but that might be a question for our listeners raccoon people on the show i want to say no 
Like that, that's so, not that's not that's not something you've come across even once. I, I I can't say like there may have been like a background character. There's never been a. I don't believe there's been a major raccoon character in the show. Hmm. If my memory serves me correctly, I think it's just at that point it's just like what 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 allows what constitutes an animal to be. What traits does an animal need to have to be a person in this world? Yeah, like what, what oh, an, brother, what how much time are, you got? What animals are allowed to be sentient? I guess dogs can and can't, obviously, because of his pet. It's weird to be or not to be, man. That is the question, you know. Like that kind of makes me wonder. Like, what does it feel like to be um, an animal that is sentient, and then also see another animal that you're very closely related to, like be um, either treated as livestock? or raised as a pet how does that then build your like political consciousness <laughs> like if you're if you're let's say like a cow person and even if you don't even if like your friends aren't um carnivores but like they drink cow milk like how how do you like is that not weird for you Maybe. I mean, it's like, I mean, they were processing a chicken restaurant thing or food chain or whatever. Like, are there chicken people? No, I don't believe so. Okay, because at that point, that's like a level of like messed up if that were the case. Because like, wow. I I was I was going to say, like, I think that is literally an episode of BoJack Horseman. Yeah, it's. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. That is that was a that was an episode of BoJack. Um, But yeah, it's like a level of like, I guess, because most avian animals are probably not people generally so obviously any kind of bird or whatever as we i mean we see more birds later in the in the next episode but uh it's it's just funny to see like oh yeah there's only so many things that are allowed to be people i guess so i mean you guys are cutting to the core of what we've been dipping in and out of since this since this podcast started of just like it this these really are the deep philosophical questions of the Arthur iceberg, such as it is, of just like, <laughs> where does consciousness begin? Who determines? And I mean, I guess the answer here is uh, God slash Mark Brown, you know? <laughs> so the writer, the, the capital T, capital W, the writer. Um, but I, but I think that these are these are these are these are fun and interesting questions to ask, and I'm 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 happy whenever our listeners do and when our guests do because. Too often we take it for granted of like, yeah, yeah, this is an animal, this isn't. And then I don't mean this to sound insulting, but it's like it is like a child asking, well, why? Like, you know, (laughs) I don't know why. It it stops you. It it snaps you out of like your automatic processing of the show. I should say my automatic processing of the show. And just like the, the questions that you put forth here, all three of you just like, I don't know. And I feel like I could think about it for a long time. How does Binky think about Pal? (laughs) Well, and then that, uh, I really, really don't want to get into it right now, but there's the whole thing of, like, there are episodes where we see that Pal and various other cats and dogs have some form of sentience and communication with each other. Uh, No, okay, as does As does the baby. I can't do that. Me neither, but we keep doing it. (sighs) <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know but, why I had such a visceral reaction to that. I just don't like that idea. <laughs> I don't like it either. Not, we can't let them think, Colton. <laughs> what if they learn? They'll rise up and, just, and take over this world. Uh, 
God, cats and dogs working together. I just, I, I just can't help but think about there maybe being an episode where like Arthur's at the zoo. Maybe he sees like another ant either, and he, and he just has like a complete like existential crisis that ruins him for the rest of his life. It's like, why are you naked? <laughs> <laughs> All good questions, and thank you for asking them. I have no answers for you. <laughs> ah, okay, love it. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's just the way it is. I'm afraid. Um. So, so, just feels uh, back. So, Rattles is spending the weekend with the Vanderloos. Yeah, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, going quickly back to the to the to the slang here, and maybe and maybe I'll just kind of put a bow on this. Um, a lot of the youth slang, as they uh, imagine it, is directions. So, like when Angie is speaking, she'll be like. I hit snooze on that one. She even she even does like a legitimate check, please. <laughs> I hate. She doesn't it. say it like that, but she does say check, please. She also seems to I don't know speak Latin at some point. Like when it gets to the point where near, at the end of the episode, Rattles comes to the two of them and is just like, we need to kind of find a way to meet each other on common ground. And he he admits it like I have no idea what you're talking about. And Angie says, no pro novo silato. And it, uh, I was like, is, is this like from an Assassin's Creed game or something? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to desync myself right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to hit. Rattles finds out. His mom has tried to tell him a couple of times, but then Ansel, Ansel, terrible name, lets it slip that he, Rattles' mom and Archie have gotten engaged and are getting married. This is also an, a first for Arthur. We see Rattles without his baseball cap. What? I think his hair makes him look like he's 40. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of has a sort of mullet-esque looking thing going on there. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, Will. When you said earlier, like, when you reminded us, oh, this particular group of kids is like eight or nine years old, that did kind of send me down a spiral a little bit because it's like, no, these kids are like 15, right? At least... Mm-mm. Yeah, I was gonna say these are like middle school kids or something like that. I was like, all right, no, they're like super young. These are these are not these do not look like grade school kids to me, honestly. No, their designs definitely don't make them look like. I think they Binky is in the same grade as Arthur. Like all of the characters in Arthur's grade are eight. Binky is nine because he was held back a grade. I want to say that like Rattles and Molly, I believe, are his age. So they're supposed to be nine, like maybe ten. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, they look like little teenagers. I, 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 honestly, I'd even I'd even go as old as like twenty five for them in particular. Honestly, <laughs> you think so? I think so. Uh, maybe. I mean, they're uh, they're pro- protesting fast food chains. So I mean, yeah, that's that's an ad- really advanced level of social awareness for eight year olds or nine year olds. Absolutely. Yeah. Rattles is surprised by this, but eventually accepting, and there is a mention of his dad as well. So he is a, a child of divorce, is Rattles, and mm. his dad apparently approves of this remarriage, which uh, allows him to come to an understanding with Ansel and Angie since they are becoming family, and that is the blending together of their family into one. And he eventually invites them to the protest of the chicken restaurant along with the tough customers. Now, one of the things that we end on in this episode is that Rattles introduces them to a food he really likes. It's called Bialy, and he describes it as baked dough and yeast seasoned with diced onions. 
I've never had this. I'd love to try it. Have any of you guys had this? Absolutely never had not, it. but I would try it. No. Every once in a while, Arthur brings in uh, food from other cultures that is that I'm always just like, that actually sounds really good. I want to try that. Yeah. So I appreciate them keeping that keeping that going. And that's that's the end of that one. And now a word from us kids. Uh, Foxy, were you were you expecting this to happen the, in the middle of your cartoon live action segment with children? I think if I thought about what I was watching for half a second, it would not have caught me by surprise. Because as soon as it started, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is children's programming. This is absolutely what Sesame Street would do." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this word from us kids, we are with the Beaver Summer Camp. And they are engaging in activities where they are blending ingredients together, just like Rattles' blended family. Uh, So that involves them, like, cornstarch and water they're mixing together. They mix together ingredients to make ice cream, uh, to make, like, those chemical reactions that you make in science class. You know, a lot of these Word From Us Kids segments are pretty... Sometimes they don't even, like, tangentially relate to the Arthur content we just saw. But it is pretty much this age group of kids doing potentially related, maybe not related activities in their school or their camp or what have you. I I do appreciate that they do try to like relate this back to like the idea of the blended family. Honestly, the only thing I have to say about that is, is that there was a funny part where a kid spilled, spilled cornstarch and just said, matter of factly, that was not successful. I, I feel like I, I, I really like this little segment in the sense of, like, if I was a kid, I would thoroughly enjoy these little experiments. Just just the, the, the science of it all is so intriguing and fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, this, again, uh, talking about unlocked memories, I as soon as I watched this segment, I was like, oh, yeah, I did do this kind of stuff when I was in elementary school. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did do the, like, water and cornstarch thing and, like... I, I like I saw them playing with it. I just I like I immediately remembered like oh my god I did do that. That was fun and oh yeah I made ice cream too. Like I I did feel a little nostalgic watching this segment. That's good. I'm I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear it. Like yeah, uh, every once in a while there comes along something where it where it sparks a little bit of a memory of either a field trip that you took or something that you uh, a subject that you covered in school. So. These kids, these kids, let me see here. If this, if this was like, they're probably like, if not getting ready to leave high school, they've already left high school at this point. This is like 10 years ago. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting closer so, to the grave. I don't want to think about it. Hi, everybody. It's Lucas, your favorite co-host from Elwood City Limits. Um, I want to remind you folks that if you like listening to the podcast, first and foremost, the best way to spread the love is to tell a friend who is interested in Arthur or podcasts or animation or hearing about Nova Scotia for some reason. But there's some other things you could do as well. For instance, you can follow us on social media. Twitter is at ECL Podcast. The Instagram is at Elwood City Limits. My pet project, the Twitch channel, which we do live streams on sometimes, twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits Pod. And we also have a Facebook and Tumblr as well. 
You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube.com slash Elwood City Limits. That's where Will has been diligently uploading all of the episodes if they're not on your podcast listening service of choice. If they aren't on one of those services, let us know. You can reach out to us on social media or via email at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. Finally, the Patreon is where you can find all of our paywall content, patreon.com slash ElwoodCityLimits. This gives you access to the Discord, where we have a bustling community, as well as some exclusive videos, audio bonuses, such as commentary for the various Arthur movies and more, as well as some of our additional podcasts for the kids, is where me and Will uh, cover all the PBS shows that aren't Arthur, as well as ECL or Origins, where we really talk about any show from our childhood that we want. Uh, And most importantly, you get early access to every episode of ECL. You get to flex on your friends that you're getting it a week early. You can join for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. And now, back to the show. And now, back to Arthur! Well, then let's think about... Uh, the second half of our Arthur episode, which is called Staycation. And this is an example of a cold open that is takes advantage of the fact that a lot of Arthur cold opens are in this, like, flexible reality where basically anything can happen. So in this one, Arthur and DW, and at first I thought they were playing a video game, but it's it's a metaphor. They are attempting to rid their kitchen of these slime creatures and other critters, such as rats and bats, and they're using these super soakers. They have these uh, these these gas masks on, kind of look like Hunk from Resident Evil 4, and they are uh, tr- trying to keep everything in control in the house while Mom and Dad read Chill Outside. I, I, I think they I, I appreciate the sort of Ghostbusters, like, backpack thing. It's just, it's just different enough that they won't get sued. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, this definitely it, it it confused me in a way where it's like because I, I you know I I watch I've watched enough Arthur to know that like sometimes an episode does open on like a like a flashback or like a dream sequence or something. But like I don't know like I, th- this 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 was framed in a way where I thought like oh this is just gonna happen in the episode I guess I don't maybe maybe that's just me. Well, in a way, Colton, didn't it? Hey, you know what? You got me there. You got me. There's one thing I wanted to bring up here. I'll fill this in for, for I, I guess, for Foxy, who I'm to understand, Foxy, you have feelings on DW that I that I, I want to ex- I want to talk about as we go further into this. But one thing that's established about DW's character frequently is that she can't read. <laughs> Like she's four years old, yep, and it, and it's just like she she doesn't know how to read yet. She's she's very much at a bit be, below basic reading level, which is why I was thrown off when there's a part where you know Arthur says um, slime at six o'clock. DW looks at the clock and she says it's not six o'clock, it's three o'clock. I'm like, wait a second, DW can't read, but she can tell analog time. Hmm. Sure. She's prior. She's a priority set. <laughs> I guess so. I, I, I feel. I feel like it took me. Like I remember reading a book that told me how to tell time. So I definitely did those in the opposite order. Mm. Well, I guess we could. I guess we could say. I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Am I right? 
<laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but uh, pushes up glasses. Interesting. So, Staycation is about Mom and Dad Reed. They are originally going to go on a two-night vacation to a lake together. But wouldn't you know, Grandma Thora, who was uh, named in the cold open of the first story, has to cancel babysitting because her flight to Cancun was canceled. So then that cancels the lake vacation. Um... Anybody catch the cereal? Yes, I did. I thought that was great. Uh, DW is eating a bowl of O's? Ooze? I went with ooze. Yeah, ooze sounds right to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but actually, Colton, if I say ooze, then it sounds like ooze, but I mean ooze. Yeah, yeah, as in like, ooh, I'm a ghost. Ooh, you know. Yeah, yes, yeah. but it, not like not like Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. O-O-Z-E, but like O-O-H-S, which, I mean, if you're doing, talk to your point, if you're doing ooze, then it would be three O's. Oh. This is O's. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I did notice that. I was kind of like, there should be a third O there. That that does kind of bother me a little bit, actually. I think it's more, more, more importantly, it is a ghost-themed... Cereal, which makes me think these are like in the it's like at least in fall, which means there are probably like I guess this is like the equivalent of your boob, your booberry. And I would wonder what is the Count Chocula even like? Mm hmm. It's like Frankenba Frankenberry, your Frankenberries and everyone else. Yummy mummy. Is that one? I, I think. think so. Uh, oh, there, there's a new one out now, but I don't remember her name. Can't. Ca there's like a fruit one. A Ooh, fruit. her. Yeah, she, she looks kind of like a DJ slash e-girl or something. I'm not really sure what they were going for. <laughs> the scariest monster yeah. of them all. They're just called E's. <laughs> E's. No, they're called Nts. <laughs> oh, I think her name is Ca Caramel Carmilla. I think I have that right. Okay. Oh, I got it. That, Carmella Creeper. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. That's that's a lot better. Colton's version sounded very inappropriate for children. <laughs> I, she is like a DJ. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna send a picture of this to the to the chat. I, I genuinely was going off a memory of like what her name was because I know I had seen her box of cereal in, in like the grocery stores the past couple times I've been there, and it's like, oh, there's a new character. That's kind of cool, I guess. So, is there a Mister Carmela Creeper? <laughs> Interesting. I I never I never knew about this. I didn't even know that they were making like I knew about Monster Mash cereal, but uh, oh, and Fruit Brute, right? Anyway, man, there's a lot of monsters, and apparently, teenage girls are the biggest monster of them all, <laughs> according to Count Chocula. Um, also, also with the, the last thing on this ooze cereal is uh, oh my god, Brian, there's a message in my alphabet. It says ooh. Peter does a cheer. Peter, those are ooze. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. <laughs> so, Mom and Dad read out their vacation canceled. Before they get it canceled, DW is very upset because she wants to go with them. But then Arthur shushes her is like, when parents go away without their kids, they feel guilty and bring home presents. Which is some serious kid tech there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. 
also, I'm sorry. I want to go back real quick because I did. I did have a question. Yes. Um. So, yes, we please. we saw in that shot uh, of the grandma still in Cancun, and then I do remember this character, uh, Mrs. McGrady, who I yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I think is like is like a part of the school. I think she's the lunch lady, or something. Mm-hmm. Like so, are they yep. friends? They're friends. Okay, because other. This just felt this this felt like really random to me and was like, oh, I didn't know like these two characters hung out, but I guess that's kinda neat actually. Yeah, they're 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 very good friends. They're 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 uh they, they go to bingo nights together and all and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Mm. That was definitely a direction to take it, because um the other option is it was That's a what I getaway. thought too, but I wasn't sure. I I didn't want to immediately go to that, but I did think of that as a possibility. It's Hey, it's not not that. Like, who's to, who's to say? We we don't know. We'll find out in the future. Okay, I'll let y'all I'll let you decide. I was genuinely wondering, like, oh, are they are they like good friends or are they like good friends? You know, again, again, air quotes. You know, it's it's not for me to speculate. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it is for me to speculate because I have an Arthur podcast. Um, I will say, sure, maybe. I don't if, know. <laughs> if you want them to be. I'm, I'm, yes, exactly. In the, 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 the rela- Relationship is in the eye of the beholder. And at least with these ones, it's like, well, they are both of consenting age, so I don't feel weird about thinking about, about it. So, go, go by all means, go, go nuts with that one. So... The vacation gets canceled. DW and Arthur, especially DW, DW puts this forward, which I like. They they want to create a staycation for mom and dad so that they can have their vacation in the backyard while they take care, while Arthur and DW take care of everything indoors. And they do have a lifeline outside. So they have DW is named as communications officer since Arthur is in charge. So if anything really goes wrong, they can just call the cell phone. And it'll be good. And, and, and f- at first, at first, this goes pretty well. They change DW and Arthur change baby Kate's diaper. DW carries it away on a badminton racket, which I thought was very funny. They also fix the TV, which was just a battery issue. Um, and Arthur reminds DW because she's very much wants to, like, call them at, 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 at every anything going wrong. But Arthur takes a look outside and kind of shows her, like, look at them having fun. And DW says, "Mom and Dad having fun without me." <laughs> that that definitely felt like a DW. Um, yeah, we get it. I also just want to briefly note here: Buster is in this episode as well. Buster, who is Arthur's best friend, he has an alien mask with light up eyes. This this screamed Tokusatsu <laughs> villain to me. <laughs> oh man, um, I just thought, man, I kind of want that mask. Yeah. The, the the eyes are legit. Like they they are actual like halogen lamps in there yeah. or something. Which makes me wonder how can you see through that? You know what? Good question. I didn't think about that actually. Hmm. You know what? I genuinely didn't think about that. I was like, yeah, flashlight eyes. That can that's a thing that can happen, and I never yeah, questioned that won't it. Find me at all. <laughs> I mean, if it goes one way and you have slits underneath it, then I guess that's how you see. Probably. I could I could see. I that. guess that would work. I could see that. Yeah. I suppose I suppose in a real mask the flashlights would be above the eye, not in the eye itself. But yeah. I don't know. Um this eventually and predictably turns to chaos. As 
as soon as DW went toward the bathroom um, with the diaper, I knew this was going someplace I wouldn't like. I feel, Foxy, I feel that as I was like, I saw your tweet, as I mentioned earlier, and it was like, I could feel the stress and anxiety coming through the computer screen, the phone screen. And this is before I had even watched the episode, and I'm like, I can't wait. And this is truly, this is, this is some this is some real stressful stuff going on right here. Let let's let's go down the list here because we I, I like I wanted to put the good deeds up top because they did manage to do a couple things okay, right okay. like Arthur changing the baby's diaper like all this kind of stuff. So earlier, Brain fixed Arthur's TV problem. He couldn't turn the TV on, and he changed the batteries. But then he offered to rig the TV, the computer, and the lights together through the electrical that, system. That, that part mm. is where I lost it. Because it's like, oh, they can't turn on the TV. Okay, that sucks, but whatever. I I do I do love that, like, okay, Arthur calls his friend Brain over. And it's like, oh, okay, you, you just need to do batteries. Hey, also, do you want me to rewire your entire house? I just feel like that's kind of a leap, honestly. And Arthur didn't really say yes. <laughs> He just let it happen. <laughs> I, I get I get that the brain is like supposed to be like the smart kid of the show. I don't know, man. You did all that for free. Th- that had to be. Yeah, a- you should be charging people for that stuff, man. Like that. <laughs> like you, if you want to, like, if you have like everything rigged up, you have like smart toasters and stuff like that. Then yeah, sure, help them out. Like you get charge an hour for hundred an hour at least. Just hey, to- man. If you don't if you don't charge, then people can't ask you for their money back. Exactly. That's that's a good point. Um, then uh, th- 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 these things kind of happen at different times. Like this is like the brain stuff happens in the background. DW part of the ro- one of the roles she assumes is feeding the birds that are on the roof outside of her bedroom, and then some of them get inside, like a bluebird and a crow. Mm. This is a. I mean. There, there are plenty of internet videos about, and and I've had the experience as well of like a bird getting in your domicile, and sense just goes out the window. You're just like everything turns to like I need it to leave. How do I get it to leave? How do I unfriend this bird? <laughs> it's it's it, the, the the timing of this episode is really weird because like a couple of weeks ago. A bird did get, get trapped in my apartment building, like on the third floor, and I had to and I had to oh, yeah. go up because I think this bird was like trapped for like a while, because like, because like the 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 windowsill just like covered in bird poop. I don't know how long this bird was in our top floor. Oh my! And God. like I spent like ten minutes trying to like lure it downstairs out through the back door, and it was just it was it was an experience. Um, and as DW later says, because she was feeding the birds and she left the window open. So the birds came in, (laughs) she did a great line. I don't know what Arthur would do without me. He wouldn't even know about the bird if it wasn't for me. (laughs) What's funny is that they, they, that problem actually started way ahead, even before the staycation idea where like when they were feeding it, like the, you see the bag breaking and the feet, all the bird feet falling off of the, out of the bag in a room. So it's like they, they, this was set up to fail way ahead of time. Absolutely, yeah. And and I I really I don't think she was supposed to be feeding them. That's I I, I really doubt that I, that's a regular chore. I don't. You know, I I feel like 
there are bird feeders, and I think that's probably some some cities probably say like you can't actually have those out because it's probably not good for the wildlife in case like you know squirrels and stuff like that try to get in there because sometimes mm-hmm. they do. I think I want my girlfriend's family has like a a bird feeder that they use, but it's rigged up in a way where that way squirrels don't get at it. We had to take down our bird feeder because uh, not too long ago there was. Uh, bird flu going around, so we didn't. We were told to take the bird feeder in, so as not to like encourage them to keep coming by. The next thing is that, and Foxy, you alluded to this. DW brings the diaper into the bathroom, and as we later learn, she flushed it down the toilet, which then causes the toilet to ba- to back up and overflow. That, honestly, that stressed me out because, like, because like they, DW is like again carrying the dirty diaper on a tennis racket dumps it down the toilet flushes it and it, it kind of like takes them a bit for them to get back to it and i the whole time i was just thinking like when is the other shoe gonna drop on this there's no way that actually went down the toilet <laughs> i think it, it reminded me of uh having to i guess not fix the toilet but scramble to figure out what's wrong with it i think we i guess we we have we're in a new a new apartment and for whatever reason we noticed that there was water building up around the toilet, and we're like, "What's this?" And we were like, "That's weird. Did something splash damage happen? One of us or something like that?" But it it turns out that like the one of the screws underneath the I guess the the tank that's where the water is held in mm-hmm. um, was loose loose enough that water would actually drip out from it, and it oh, would no. slowly build. I didn't realize it was happening, and then at a certain point, I'm like, "Let me see what's going on." And then I notice it. I feel around, and then I. I feel the screw loose, and I'm like, okay, let me turn it. It's not turning the way, and then slowly the water kept coming oh, out. No. And I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I got it, and I quickly am like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? It's keep going. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's on the second floor, too. I'm like, uh, where's a bucket? Okay, there's it, there's a bucket. I'm like, run downstairs, get the bucket. Let me come up here. And then I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Uh, should I call the, could I call maintenance? It's already five o'clock. Maintenance <laughs> is, uh, is uh, closed now. Okay, let me see what happens. Let me call the front desk. And it's like, it, no, it's like not, not five, it's like five. It's like four. 58 let me call the front desk and i'm like hey front desk what uh, how do i how do i fix toilet and like uh (laughs) hang up call back and we'll direct you to that thing i'm like okay cool call back and then i'm like okay i have a message oh crap they call me they're like oh hey uh you we heard toilet and i'm like yes please and they come in quickly fix it and i'm like i am over 30 years old (laughs) i probably could have fixed this with a with a proper tools but here I am, like scrambling like an idiot to to the, for yeah. something like this. I, Doc, I I this story is a little too relatable. I just I just want to let you know. That. <laughs> okay. No, there's so, there's no there's nothing that makes me feel like less of an adult than when I have to call the landlord to be like, I broke the dishwasher. Yep, I don't yep. know how to fix. I hate. It. I yep. I've yeah. been through that too. I hate it. L- literally, di- dishwasher got backed up. They came in, take a look, took a look at it, uh, told me, oh, we're going to order you a dishwasher. Obviously, this is during, like, COVID, pan- like, peak pandemic times. So uh, it took, mm-hmm. like, two months for them to even get back to me and be like, oh, yeah, uh, our production line's backed up. You'll have to wait. And I'm like, okay, cool. I literally went eight months without a dishwasher, and it was it was one of the worst times of my life, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. it's. I think that's where, like, I kind of 
I relate to Arthur in this moment where it's like, <laughs> I know I can call so I should call someone. Like, that that's literally their job to do. Like, in the early stages of, like, oh, there's just a little water coming out. I could have done this, but no. I was like, oh, don't worry. There's no reason for me to do that. I'm sure they're busy. It's already after five. They, there's probably no reason for them. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that I'm, I'm taking up their time. I'm like, this is they, – they're paid to do this. I don't know why I didn't bother. I mean, yes, the, the parents are not paid to do this, but still. At a certain point, I think you have to realize that – some things are kind of out of your hands and you kind of need help. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you you go from like why can't I do this to be like I can't. And the final piece of this chaos is that they successfully put Kate down for a nap, but then as you do when your friend comes over, you toast bread for him. And Arthur left the toast in the toaster and it causes the smoke alarm to go up and that wakes up Kate. Yeah, like, it it wakes her up, and, like, birds are also in her room, and, yeah, this was around the point where I'm just like, oh, my God, yeah, everything's just falling apart. What is going on here? It's it's really, really well-put-together chaos of just all of these noises and situations, and you're just like, it's... It's it's accurate to how I feel when there's like three or four different things I want to do at the same time, and I'm just like doing that little dance of like, <laughs> you're kind of looking around and just like, I can go somewhere, but I want to go everywhere, but you can't. And this is finally where they call in the cavalry, mom and dad. They pitch in, everybody saves the day, and they end off with a campfire outside. Now, I want to go back to Foxy here for a second. As someone watching this for the first time, what was your first impression of DW specifically through all this? She very much felt like an agent of chaos. <laughs> so I had to. You want to know how she got those to, scars? I had to go ahead and look up the ages for the children in mm-hmm. order to adjust my expectations. Once I realized she was four, um, it became, and Arthur was eight. It became less of a, okay, this child is deliberately evil, and more of, it was incredibly irresponsible of the parents to think that they were at a stage in life where this would be okay. <laughs> um, you cannot leave your eight-year-old to take care of your four-year-old and your infant. That's nuts. I don't care that you're just outside in the yard. I'm like, putting the four-year-old in control of contacting you is also wild. Um, they should have just put the baby monitor, like in the living room and just listen to what the kids were doing. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was, <laughs> that would have been a better choice than leaving it in the baby's room. It seems like the baby, um, did the least damage in this episode. Um, like, first of all, if I'm on vacation at home, you cannot bring other children over to my house. Like, that's the first part where this started to go wrong. Like, your TV's not working, and you called another child over to my home, to my domicile, where I am not, <laughs> with my other children. Um, the kids that undoubtedly, if something happened to them, I would be responsible for what happened to them, because mm-hmm. no no other parent is going to believe, oh, I was on a staycation in my backyard, and I let my two small children be in charge. Yeah, especially... If you use the word staycation, like a lot of like mercy is going to go out the window. Yup. 
Absolutely. I feel like that's immediately a CPS situation. I think that stressed me out more at the end of it as I started to think about it. Like, and then the parents should know DW well enough to know that four is not the age mm-hmm. for responsibility when it comes to this child. Um, and I blame them fully for why she decided to become a cop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh my I god. I forgot about that. <laughs> I've never forgotten about that. It's one of the biggest betrayals that this that I've ever felt from a from a television show. Top ten anime betrayals, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we're, sorry. Uh, we're talking about the parents real yeah. quick. No, nope. uh, yep. I just want to I want to go back mm-hmm. real quick. I I get the feeling that during that cold open, when when they were like, "Huh, do you hear something?" Nope. I just I just want to believe that like they were just pretending they didn't hear anything. Honestly, because that that's I I wouldn't blame them. You know. Hmm. No, I, I, I think that that's definitely a, a very valid interpretation of that. And again, in that flexible reality that the cold opens are in, sure, absolutely. Like I could see them just being like, "Yeah, eh, they die, they die." <laughs> <laughs> staycation, baby. Uh, honey, honey, we're, we're already staycation on a staycation. Staycation's all I ever wanted. <laughs> um and. Yeah, they have a nice little campfire outside to end off the episode as the birds take over DW's room. I, I look, I, I am surprised they're allowed anything after how how much water damage was made on the upstairs that will probably leak into the bottom floor. How the the idea of like, oh, I have to think, worry about mold now. How 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 long uh, how long did it take for them to get all those birds out of the house? Why is this eight-year-old rewiring our entire house? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and to Foxy's point, I think that that is... uh, It it can be a talking point sometimes, is that mom and dad read, when you get down to it, fairly permissive in critical situations. Okay. Okay. So, they're certainly not... Certainly not... I would not call them strict. Um, they they sometimes give the appearance of that, but their track record shows to being a bit more permissible than, uh, than than not. Mm. So I think that that's a very valid interpretation well, here, here's of that. A, sorry, here's a question: mm-hmm. Are they yeah? Are they more permissive than Caillou's parents? That's what I want to know. Because like I like a criticism I've heard, and I I, I watched Caillou as a kid, but obviously it's been a while since I've watched the show. A criticism I kept hearing as an adult was, oh, Caillou Caillou is an awful little child and his parents literally do nothing to, like, teach him how to behave or anything. Like, they just kind of let back and, you know, just kind of watch it happen, you know? I would say because we did an episode of our side series for the kids of PBS Kids podcast about Caillou, where we sat down and watched it, uh... Which I think that a lot of the the hate for Caillou is overblown. If you if you watch the if you watch an episode of the series now, uh, now granted Caillou can be very annoying, so I think that that pushes people's buttons a lot. Now I think that I want to say again, only having seen like an episode recently, I feel like there are more opportunities where Caillou's parents have to kind of give him boundaries. Let's yeah, say yeah. versus. Mom and Dad read. There's definitely a point earlier in the series where they are 
a bit more a bit more strict as parents or at least they are kind of the the like the final word on situations where we are right now they they factor in a lot less a lot of the adult characters have taken a backseat role at this point in favor of of the kids um and i think that it's very rare to have them be the figures of discipline in the house so i guess it kind of depends on which era of what of whatever you're talking about but i think a big part of the Caillou show is him growing up and then discovering where his his boundaries are as a kid and pushing against them and that involves the parents often having to make those boundaries okay okay so yeah that's uh, unless there's anything you guys want to add to about either of these um we can get into final thoughts and i think inst- usually we do like you know, we, we talk about each episode kind of back to back. But I think what I would be more interested in doing is if and, and I and I would be interested in hearing your thoughts on the episodes individually as well. But I'll go to each of you and I'll and I would just like to ask about how you feel about this specific episode that we watched and where you are with Arthur after having watched it. So, Doc, we'll start with you because you you've you've been on the show before. Mm-hmm. With this specific episode, with this era of Arthur, how did you feel after having watched both of these? Um, feel feel right. I think uh, I think this is one of those things where I watched this and I was like, if I had kids, I would feel completely cool with them watching something like this. Mm-hmm. It, it seems, um, like how do I word this? Um, safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. very, a very safe show. A very. Um, I think this it's like it doesn't necessarily feel like they're ne- like talking down to any of the children. It's like, I mean, you know, fe- uh, hello, fellow kids aside from like the first part of the episode. <laughs> um, I think it does lend well to like here are ideas that maybe children think about, like, because it's like, hey, here's a situation where a a child of, div- of divorce is now being it's now coming into like a new family or at least that the their their parent is is remarrying so how does it feel for that as as a child of divorce i i kind of understand how that feels um not to like the degree of that where like or like, i've i guess i've to say i've lucked i, I wouldn't say luck out is the, that's the wrong phrasing but uh i i didn't have any uh when my parents remarried, I think they didn't have uh, respective children at the time, so I was still the only child. So I got all the benefits. <laughs> um, nice. Um, but I, I, but even even something as simple as like the the second episode, where you know it, it does add to this sort of like, hey, here's a kid who feels like he's growing up. So like, uh, what if he had more resp- Like he thinks he has more responsi- He can have more responsibilities because it feels like he's older enough. He can he can do it realizing the hubris uh would end up costing them probably thousands of dollars in water damage uh in the future would be is probably kind of the funny part of this entire thing but um i thankfully didn't do that with my parents because i wouldn't be here right now um but I, I enjoyed it. I thought this was actually, it was nice. It was cute. I I enjoyed this. It is kind of nice that like here's some Here's a story about some characters that I barely know. So I was like, I can kind of, it's easy to kind of, uh, it's accessible. It's very accessible. I think that's the word I was looking for. 
So that was that was your thoughts. Whip mix blend. What about uh, what about staycation? I think uh, I mean I, I know I did probably a little bit of both. Sorry, I know I was going all over the place, but yes, not sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, but yeah, this, like I guess to reiterate, yeah, staycation probably felt like this like a story of like a child feeling like he is old enough to to handle more responsibilities and who cares about his parents it's like hey they don't they're busy like taking their care of our stuff um and, and let them have like a moment in the sun for once uh because trust me as someone who also just recently uh uh, uh who, who uh just got rid a dog and having to deal with oh. uh all of the things that responsibilities that I didn't have beforehand has been Difficult. Uh, a lot of it you probably won't even hear in this audio, uh, as I was scrambling uh, last minute to do some stuff. So, um, I hopefully I edited it all out before I gave you the audio. But uh, I, I I thought it was fun. I thought it was nice. It's very cute. A cute couple of episodes. Colton, over to you. This is a bit of a return to Arthur for you. Uh, how did it feel going back to it, and what did you think of these stories specifically? I'll get my thoughts about the stories out of the way first. Uh, I thought I thought the sure. first one was was pretty was pretty interesting actually. Again, uh, exploring characters that like even when I did watch Arthur here and there, I barely kind of remembered. You know, like I I remember they existed, but I I definitely don't remember watching any episodes like focusing solely on them. So like getting mm-hmm. to kind of spend time with characters that like I hadn't before was kind of cool. Um, and I, honestly, I think this episode's actually pretty valuable for like, you know, maybe of for kids in general, but like kids who maybe are kind of in this situation where it's like, oh, maybe their home's a little broken up due to divorce, and you know, again, maybe they have to become part of a, a blended mixed family or whatever. Like, I I could see a kid sort of in that same similar situation. I think would find this episode really valuable as like a. Oh hey, I like like that. That's me. I'm going through that it, like as well or whatever. I, like I relate to rattles. Like I, 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 I really like I really like the inherent value of that. So I do respect this. I I, I guess I I respect the A story here on this one. I, I thought that was done pretty well. Like in a way that kids who may or may not be in that situation could like understand. Like like that's tangible to them. You mm-hmm. know. Um, whereas like I I think the B story staycation like. It was just kind of like a fun little episode, like just usual Arthur antics, and that that's about where I'm at there. Uh, also, I, I was gonna say earlier, man, if I were these parents and I came inside to like all the possible damage that my uh, that my eight and four year old respectively caused, uh, I would be a lot more upset. I would not be as cool. I'd be like, get these other kids <laughs> out of my house. They're not coming back for a week. You're gonna help me get all these birds out, <laughs> clean up the water. It just yeah, I would I would not be as cool. Gotta give them credit? I don't know. Um So yeah, I like overall I thought this episode was pretty fun. As like a return to Arthur, like like this this was kind of nice, even though again, this is an era of Arthur that I'm not familiar with whatsoever. Um I I forget if I told you off mic or not. I actually have been trying to go through the backlog of Elwood City Limits because like it's a podcast that like after I heard after oh, I heard you. Doc's a guest appearance on, I was like, you know, I should like listen to more of the show. Like, I haven't visited Arthur much in a while, so I actually, I actually have been trying to watch like, you know, the first couple episodes of like season one and 
being kind of like nostalgic and being like, oh, I think, yeah, I, I remember watching this on TV. Oh, this show's a lot funnier than I remember, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've like, I genuinely have been like enjoying my kind of like look back into Arthur, whether it be on here or kind of on my own time. And uh, Will, I promise I'm not saying this because I'm on the show, but I, I genuinely, I did, <laughs> I genuinely do enjoy like what I've listened to of the show so far. Well, thank you. I, I I also hear the show is pretty good, so I, <laughs> I appreciate the feedback. I'll have to listen to it sometime. And finally, Foxy, I'm so interested to hear what to to hear what you have to say as the newcomer to Arthur. Um, again, this is a lot of pressure. Um, well, and I've been, and I've enjoyed what you've said so far. Like, I, I think you you've already made a couple of observations that are a bit harder to come by uh, if you are in the Arthur bubble as much as myself or anyone else who has been watching Arthur from, you know, like I started watching from like the day it debuted essentially, and it's kind of never left my brain. But as somebody who has the complete opposite uh, experience, I've enjoyed what you've had to add. And yeah, I guess to, to, to sum it, to sum it up. I do think that the, the rattle side of the episode uh, was sweet um, in its own way. Um, I, I too, I think would not have known what to do. Um, not necessarily with Ansel. I think I just would have yelled at him eventually. Like, I'm not interested in any of this competition and you need to stop or I'm going to stop you. Um, I forgot the girl's name, but Angie. Angie, I I don't know what I would have done. I honestly, I don't think I would have been able to communicate with her in any way. I just would have been like, I'm just going to wear headphones. And if you need something, hand signals. Um, so I, I appreciate that, that like Rattles eventually like sat them down and talked to them about it. Like, hey, if you're going to be my brother and sister hopefully forever um we're gonna have to like reestablish this family dynamic mm-hmm. um i kind of let you guys run wild on me this whole time and because i guess i was trying to make a good impression um because this is important to my mother or whatever but now this is directly impacting my life you guys are gonna have to chill um and I, I, I liked that he stood up for himself in that way. And, like, Angie and Ansel, like, they didn't react badly to it or anything like that. It was just kind of like, oh, um, I didn't realize you didn't like these things. Um, so that was really, I think that's a good lesson for kids in standing up for themselves and, like, having difficult conversations and how they can often turn out to not be as bad as you think they are. Um the second half of the episode, Colton described it as fun. This is not fun to me. This is this is this is too much. Uh, this is this is just like my my elderly Black Caribbean um, side. It's just like I, I would put these children out of my home, and I would just never think about them again. Uh, but no, it. I I appreciate that Arthur like really thought about his parents in that way. I think that offering them this kind of vacation, I think, was um, a really empathetic thing and something that most children um, at that age would mm-hmm. not perceive. 
about their parents necessarily how stressed out how stressed out they are like a lot of kids probably just be like oh well i guess you're not going anywhere and ask about lunch or something like that and i appreciate that he made that effort i think obviously the parents should have established more ground rules and like did their best to be more in control of the situation but i get it you have three children um one of them is nuts the other one is a baby it would be very difficult to not just like seize your opportunity at freedom um my (laughs) only other criticism would be like you have to know other responsible adults even a responsible 14 year old you have to know somebody um to just decide to do this for the weekend is a bit mad. They did. Um, it, they did at least say that they went through like all of the babysitters they know, and they were all busy because it was last minute. So they did at least do that work. I don't know. You gotta find like an after school program to put these kids in <laughs> last minute. Just like have them like hang out at a football team practice and like make one of the assistant coaches watch them. Something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like overall, I think this is like a solid seven and a half out of ten or something like that. Mm. Well, that's I'd, I'd say that's pretty good for for a first watch. And really, I think that if specifically Foxy, if you're ever interested in watching more, and this is this is where my bias comes in, as as many longtime listeners know, it's the the first couple of Arthur seasons are, of course, when the show started, when I started watching. But I still think they hold up really, really well. So I would definitely recommend that you go back to those and I can give you individual episode recommendations if you're ever interested but I'm so pleased that you uh that you t- that you took this on and that not and not just you but all three of you guys were able to come here and join me uh so I will I'll just quickly sum up uh my thoughts on both just for posterity's sake uh with Whitmix blend I actually really really liked this I loved the rattles lore and finding out more about him specifically he's secretly one of the show's most interesting characters. I love tough customer episodes. They practically never disappoint. And I thought this was an interesting way to tell a story about a blended family and to do so in a way that felt very natural. And, you know, it wasn't overly sappy or saccharine and was actually quite funny in in both intentional and unintentional ways when we're talking about the slang and all that kind of stuff. So I really like this. It's one of my favorites of the season so far uh with staycation uh a a nice light episode we've had some good light episodes this season in terms of like yeah it's not it doesn't really you know we're not doing a whole lot of growing here we're not rethinking the arthur episode it's just kind of like a fun little adventure that they get into and uh i do I, i do appreciate that the idea of the staycation came from a generous place within not just arthur but dw dw was the one who put it forward and i think that means a lot to me because she's four years old having taken care of a five year old recently it's like they can only be so understanding of other people. Their brains are just too small. They're not developed yet. So it was really nice to have her do that. And the way this all went, this the way it all went to hell was actually a nice little Rube Goldberg machine to see unfold. And the chaos was was truly something. I thought I thought it wrapped up a little quickly, a little easily. But, you know, it's just a nice little light episode, except for the part where everything absolutely goes to Hellraiser Town in terms of the house gets turned upside down. Uh, but that was fun, too. So, yeah, good pair. And I'm 
Again, really glad to be joined by you guys here. So this is, as, as I mentioned before, this is closer to what you can expect from the Wheel of Scoop podcast. So guys, end of the episode here, I would like for you to take the opportunity to plug your stuff, including the uh, Ass Backwards Anime Podcast uh, Network, the Wheel of Scoob, and your individual podcasts, which I know are many. <laughs> and I'll have the I'll have the I'll have the cut button ready in terms of when I'm editing this. But 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 please uh, let everybody know what kind of podcasts you do and where people can find you. Uh, shoot, Colton, you want to go first? I, I, I can go first. Um, so uh, hi, I'm Colton. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. If it exists still, I don't know. At Sniper King three two three, also on Blue Sky, if you, if if that's your fancy, uh, you know, I host and produce a lot of my own podcasts, even outside of the Ass Backwards Enemy Podcasting Network, uh, that you can listen to and check out over my personal blog at coltoncorner.wordpress.com. It's basically my own personal little blog for whatever I want to do. I barely use it, but it's it's mostly a place for me to host a page where I try to catalog. Basically, any podcast that I'm a part of, even stuff that I'm not doing anymore, but I still want to link anyway for posterity's sake, uh, even guest spots and other podcasts have done, like Elwood City Limits. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've been podcasting for 10 years. Still can't believe that. That's really scary to say out loud. Uh, but uh, I've, I've been doing stuff on my own with Doc and Foxy, with a lot of my close friends for years now. Um I guess the one thing that's not affili- affiliated with the Aspect of Enemy Podcasting Network that I will uh, that I will plug is uh, Another Day, Another Adventure, which is a Dragon Ball watch-through podcast. If you're a fan of Dragon Ball, uh, I host it with my good friend Sakaki, uh, who we're basically attempting to go through the entire animated Dragon Ball franchise. Uh, a keyword attempt. Uh, right now, we're in the middle of the original 1986 Dragon Ball anime. Uh, I think up to the Red Ribbon Army arc, if I remember correctly, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I genuinely enjoy talking about Dragon Ball. It's a, again, I mentioned earlier, it's one of my hyperfixations that I like to podcast about. Um, so <laughs> if if people want to listen to anything that you know happens to not be a part of the Ask Backwards Enemy Podcasting Network, uh, listen to Another Day Another Adventure at Another DB Pod on Twitter. Um, it's wherever you can listen to podcasts, and um, I think that's going to be about it for my stuff. Um, I guess I'll, I'll speak for Foxy on this one since basically we, we cover pretty much all, we're on the, all the shows that we, we do. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the main show, the Aspectors Anime Podcast, which is the series that basically started all like at this point now, almost 15 years. Um, wow. uh, so hope, I don't, I don't know by the time this episode out, it's probably, we'll hit that 15 year mark. Um, since it'll be the end of September, more or less. Uh, but uh, the yeah, we've been doing this for a while. Like like Fox just said, literally in her in her bedroom, with, in, like with just like a like a Logitech mic, and we kind of evolved since then. <laughs> I say evolved, but I don't know if we <laughs> roller coastered in quality, um, maybe. Sure, uh, but we we've been doing it long enough that we eventually spun out into making other shows, which include you definitely expand for sure. Yes, we have. Yeah, we we've uh, created new shows, uh, including Just a Gintama podcast. So if you are a fan of Gintama, uh, that anime series, which we we basically covered from be- like more or less the beginning to the end of the series, uh, but we are currently in a sort of a rewatch phase of 
covering the anime episodes that we didn't actually got a chance to properly cover on the podcast initially when we started it uh, like around 10 years ago um, at this point. And uh, we have another show called One Podcast Prevails, which is a podcast that is dedicated to Detective Conan. Uh, through the manga of Detective Conan, or Case Closed, as probably it's more known as through um, Viz, I believe that's a at least at least in, I know in Canada you guys probably also have Viz. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like so Case Closed that that's a show that is uh, just Colton and I uh, that we've been doing for a while now, and we're close to 100 episodes on that as well. Um, Gintama is like around hundred something. I've already forgot how many we've been doing for that for for uh, however I, I long. I think we're closer to two hundred. Uh, it's more than the it's more than the main show somehow. <laughs> somehow it's more than the main show. Yeah, and the main <laughs> the main show is basically what we do with Wheel of Scoob, but just more or less about anime. Even though sometimes we delve into stuff that is not anime, it's become its own show like it's like anything that you that we do on our network now is pretty much just stuff that we would have done on the main show anyway but now you have to actually go through our patreon so which is uh ssaa network.com or patreon.com slash ssaa network so basically all the shows that we cover within like the three podcasts that we mainly do uh, and also exclusive shows like wheel of scoob which is a if you've not checked, heard about it, or or for the first time listening to it, it is a a uh, Scooby Doo movie podcast where we go through all of these Scooby Doo movies, basically anything that is over like thirty minutes, more or less. Uh, there are some specials and stuff that we don't include, but uh, how we select uh, what movie we watch is that we spin a wheel, and depending on whatever we spin, we talk about on our next episode. We've done like at least twenty episodes so far. Um, and we're not even halfway done with the wheel, uh, and more stuff is coming out. And uh, so even even a new movie that was I thought was gonna not come out, but luckily is going to come out, is gonna be added to the wheel eventually. I think it should be out probably by the time our next uh, episode comes out. It'll probably be added on there. But um, yeah, it, it, we've been doing that for a little while now. It's pro- it's one of our more interesting projects. It's exclusive to the Patreon at the moment. Um, eventually, it will. Uh, get its own feed, but it might take a little while before we actually do that. But if you actually just want to listen to the, that show, its entry is just as little as a dollar uh, to get on our Patreon, and you get access to that, including other shows outside of that. We have other uh, exclusive reviews on different movies and different anime-related stuff, some manga stuff, hey, even like uh, uh, other American cartoons um, and all kinds of stuff. Occasionally, we write stuff on there. It's a very catch-all Patreon, essentially. If you contribute enough hell, you can tell us what we actually sh- what, what we review at at, at some point. Um, we've had people t- give us different movies, uh, stuff like you know, airplane. If we want, so and, and even things like uh, what's it called? Crank. Oh yeah, crank. We've, we've, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we've also had like anime-related stuff. Uh, we've talked about other uh, other stuff uh, on our Patreon. Um, among other things. So yeah, so the 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 Wheel of Scoop is the current like uh, Patreon exclusive project that we're working on right now. Uh, Will has been on it for at least twice now, uh, and he was a great guest. And uh, if if you had if you had more selections, you can probably add uh, get a chance to be on it again if you feel like it. All up to you at this point. Um, but yeah, you can go check that out. Uh, like I said, little as a dollar. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it. If you want to follow me on. 
Twitter. It, it, technically, uh, I'm on there at SSAA Podcast and on Blue Sky as well. But that the that the Blue Sky is like a little different. We have the SSAA Network dot com is the network account on Blue Sky. It's silliness up there. I don't know. It's we mainly just post whatever comes out on the on the Patreon. So uh, yeah, it's a lot. I, I know it's a lot. So. And uh, Foxy, uh, anything you want to share about your socials or anything else? Well, if you want, I'm Dame Dr. Foxy B on everything. Um, but the one show that I do separately from um, Colton Odd Doc is called uh, Dropping the X. It's an unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. And just like the manga, we're currently on hiatus. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's funny to everyone who knows about Hunter Hunter. Oh, boy. Well, guys... Thank you so much again for being part of this and for bringing your authentic selves to the Arthur experience, which is all I could ever ask for. And for, and for me, this was, this was great. I was, I'm really pleased to have seen where you all came at with this. And it's, I just love another excuse to be able to talk with you guys uh, on mic or other on mic or otherwise. Well, I guess it has to be on mic at this point, but uh, on recording or otherwise. So that's Elwood city limits for this week. Thank you to our guests from the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Network for joining us. That would be Dr. Colton and Foxy. My name's Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini, out there somewhere in America, we'll see you next time.